Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harkin, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. Wherever you've hit play, this is your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast network, which is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up there on the website. Make sure you check that out. We've got you know, simple question, open-ended articles like on Friday morning, should the Steelers draft an edge rusher in the 2022 NFL draft? Go to the website, create a free account, comment, be a part of that community. You won't regret it. And as a reminder, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, you can find us wherever there are podcasts, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora. Uh, I'm sure there's others I'm forgetting, Spotify. Make sure you follow us so that you don't miss anything, not just my Monday, Wednesday, Friday Let's Ride, but also this Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. He had a great episode on Thursday talking all about wide receivers. You also have the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict on Tuesday, our noon lineup, as well as all of our PM content. Check it out. Okay, let's get started on this Friday. Wanted to talk about the draft. It's coming up. I've got a really great guest in the second half. You know, Michael Beck, but I have a really awesome... I'm not going to announce it. I wanted. To, I want you to wait. I want you to wait with anticipation. My Monday morning conversation returns. I am really excited for this guest. Uh, might be the biggest guest we've ever had on the show. So make sure you check out on Monday. And make sure you also stay tuned to the end of the show for the heart-to-heart. But still, I want to talk about the draft. In this, the NFL draft, those draftniks, that's what I call them, the people that are just draft crazy. And we've got several on our Behind the Steel Curtain um, network, if you want to talk about podcasting, as well as on the editorial side, whether it's Andrew Wilbar, Jeremy Betts, Michael Beck, Jeffrey Benedict kind of dabbles in it from time to time. I'm not that, I'm not that person. I'm not a draftnik. I'm not. And the one thing that I like the most, and this is the title of this podcast, is that the Steelers' draft plans remain a mystery as they should be. They remain a mystery. And they should be a mystery. And you can, I, I know what there's, there's people like Michael Beck out there, they're saying, Jeff, what are you talking about? That's not a mystery. They want a quarterback. They've been to all the pro days. They've been to the, you know, the pre-draft interviews, the combine, the senior bowl. Everything points to them drafting a quarterback. I don't think it's that clear cut. I really don't. Um, I think that there's still a lot of stuff that can happen. And but I, I just honestly, let me stop here for a second and ask a simple question. What is the fascination with people trying to predict the NFL draft? That's that's a question no one has been able to answer for me. What is this fascination with trying to predict what in in the Steelers case, 19 other teams before Pittsburgh are going to do? It is an obsession with some. These mock drafts, these simulators are just, it's gone to the next level. It has gone to the next level. And and someone might say, in contrast to what I just said, in the fascination of trying to predict the draft, they'll say, well, what's the difference between that and you predicting the Steelers win win, win totals or win-loss every single Sunday? Well, the, the difference is, in my opinion, is that, This is one of those things where if I'm picking the Steelers versus the Ravens, I can look at the Steelers roster, 
I can look at the Ravens roster. I can see how they match up, one versus one, mono e mono, and then I can make my pick. I can also look at trends. Who's playing well? Who's not playing well? Are there injuries? The NFL draft, so much stuff can change. I mean, they, they, you think about free agent acquisitions that changes team needs. You talk about whether a team, let's look at the Carolina Panthers at number six. If they believe that Sam Darnold deserves another shot, they're not a quarterback needy team. That changes everything. And everyone, and I'm talking about the fans, thinks they know what will happen. But we have no clue what will happen. This is what I used to like about the NFL draft. I was never someone that would sit there and watch the entirety of the draft. But I would always watch and kind of see how did things unfold. And it would just be fun, to, even if you just followed on your phone. Oh, wow. Bengals took this guy. Oh, oh, Browns just picked this guy. And it was just interesting to just see it happen. And now all of a sudden you're just you're inundated with all of these predictions, with all of these mocks. I, I always point people to what Yin's talking about, where they do the they're mocking the mocks, and it's it's really funny and it's great. And they've been I think it's Kyle has been keeping track of who has been mocked the most to the Steelers, and and it's over a hundred mocks now. Got to give that show a listen. But still, there's a lot of factors into why the Steelers' plans remain a mystery. A lot of factors. I broke it down into four. There's not one that's more important than the other. I just have them in four separate categories. I'll give you an example. The first one I'm going to talk about is trades, okay? Other teams trading. We've already seen several trades in the NFL draft, whether it's the compensation the Houston Texans received for Deshaun Watson, whether it's the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles kind of swapping first-round picks in different years. Things can happen, and there there are going to be draft day trades. There always are. So we might sit here right now. Let's go back to that example of Carolina. We might say they need a quarterback. Sam Darnold is not the answer. He is not the guy. But what if they trade back? There's already been rumors that they're entertaining other teams that want to move up to trade back. Well, if they trade back, how far back are they trading What does this mean? It changes everything. Also, what if the Steelers move up or back? They don't like to do that too much. We know in 2019 they traded up 10 spots to get Devin Bush, traded with the Denver Broncos. Only one time in the Kevin Colbert era have they traded back. That was when they drafted Casey Hampton. I believe that was in 2001. Still, these trades don't just impact that first round. And these these trades can impact the rest of the draft process for three days and even in future years. So let's say Carolina, they say, we're going to trade from back from 6 to 12. I don't even know who's picking 12th, but they decide to make that trade. They get the 12th pick. They get maybe next year's a, a next year first-round pick, and they get a second this year. Well, that second this year, combined with the second they already have, that could impact what is available for the Steelers. Let me give an example. They don't go quarterback in round one, but maybe they want a quarterback in round two. Maybe they want a Desmond Ritter or a Matt Corral or a Sam a Sam Howell. One of those players that is considered a day two pick, now all of a sudden that interferes with everything that the Steelers might be thinking would fall a certain way. Trades impact so much. Second thing, the stock up and stock down of players. You can see this already. The hype train. I talked about this last week. 
the hype train starts to get going. Here we go. You, you see these players that all of a sudden you're just hearing so much about them, and you're probably thinking, if you're like me, why am I all of a sudden being inundated with articles and videos and insiders saying that this guy should go higher? What's going on? What did I miss? Desmond Ritter, this was him two weeks ago. Jeremy Fowler's on ESPN. Dan Orlovsky's on ESPN. They're all pumping up Desmond Ritter, and I'm thinking, wait a second. Isn't Desmond Ritter supposed to be just like a second-round pick? What's going on here? Now, I've talked about how I think that the agents can be involved with this, and definitely there might be some, we'll call it some behind-closed-doors handshakes, envelopes being exchanged. You know what I'm talking about. But as players can go earlier than expected, and they can also slide. I still always laugh when people talk about, that player's not going to be there when the Steelers pick. Oh, that's great to talk about, Jeff, but that player's not going to be there. Well, how do you know that player's not going to be there? When David DeCastro was drafted, guess who everyone said was not going to be there, and he was there. Whatever, Whether there was a run on another position, let's say it was receivers or quarterbacks, doesn't matter. All of a sudden, that player that was thought to be well off the board is all of a sudden available. David DeCastro is a perfect example. Also, Andrew Billings. Anyone that was a part of Behind the Steel Curtain when Andrew Billings was coming into the uh, into the league, the, it was the Behind the Steel Curtain fan favorite. Everyone loved Andrew Billings. Oh, if they could just get Andrew Billings, he would cure everything. Well, Andrew Billings was available. Everyone said, this is it. We're going to get him. No, they didn't get him. No one got him. I don't think until the third or fourth round. There's some things that make players slide. Sometimes it's doing drugs, having a video surface of you doing drugs in a gas mask right before the draft, um, Laramie Tunsil. But still, it's one of those things that some things happen, it can change. Also, you have players that are drafted earlier than expected, and that would be an example of someone like Terrell Edmonds. When the Steelers drafted Terrell Edmonds in 2018, everyone thought, okay, here's a, here's a guy that is a second or third round, maybe even a fourth round pick. He's going in the first round. That changes everything. Other teams' boards are adjusted because, wow, I can't believe Pittsburgh just took Terrell Edmonds in the first round. Or, wow, I can't believe that so-and-so team, uh, I'll give you a clear-cut example. Last year, the Cincinnati Bengals, everyone thought they were taking uh, Sewell, the tackle out of Oregon. They need to protect Joe Burrow. No, they take Jamar Chase. It changed everything. Next thing you know, Sewell's going to Detroit, and everything's on its head, and it was like pick number two or three. Things like this happen, and it changes everything. Also, let's keep in mind, this is number three. Team evaluations, you know, how the Steelers rank these prospects, how they rank them is not the same as how you or I rank them. Our personal rankings don't matter. Look at last season, Najee Harris. So everyone might, there were a lot of people that said, don't take Najee Harris in the first round. He's older. He's got a lot of wear on his tires. He's not worth the pick. Don't take him. Don't take him. Whatever. Well, you know what? He he might not have been your round one pick. He might not have been your selection in the first round, but he was the Steelers' selection, and I'd say it worked out. I would say that at least after his rookie season, it worked out. So your evaluation of a player. And I know someone like Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts that do the Draft Fix podcast. Check it out if you've never listened. They are so into the draft, and they're so into the minutia of the draft. And we always kind of poke fun, especially in the Steelers preview, of Andrew because he'll always say that 
you know, let's say there's a player three, four years down the road gets released, is a free agent. He goes, oh, I go, I went back. I had a first-round grade on this guy. Okay, that meant, that's great. Andrew had a first-round grade. That doesn't mean that other NFL teams had a first-round grade. Your evaluations don't always match up with that of the Steelers. Lastly, number four, the team rankings by position. So the 2022 quarterback class is the perfect example. So if Willis and Pickett are gone, let's just say they're off the board. Well, how does the team rank the other quarterbacks? Where do they put their worth? Meaning, do they have Desmond Ritter number three after Willis and Pickett? Do they have Coral, Strong, Hal, any number of other players in that realm? Do they have them anywhere near there? These are questions that we don't have answers to. We are not privy to this information. We all love to whine and complain when the player that we want them to take doesn't get taken, but at the same time, sometimes it works out. I was asked this question on Wednesday's mailbag segment. Has there been a player that you bemoaned the pick but turned out to be they were really good? And I said yes, last year. I did not like the Pat Fryermuth pick, but I'm happy with Pat Fryermuth being a stealer for hopefully the long term. So keep this stuff in mind, folks. The four things, again, trades can impact a lot. Stock up and down of players, team evaluations, and team rankings by position. Those are the things that keep this whole process a mystery. We don't know what's going to happen. We can sit there, Pro Football Focus, Pro Football Network, ESPN, doesn't matter who else, can sit there and say the Steelers are going to do X, Y, and Z. No one knows. No one knows what's going to happen prior to pick 20. If the Steelers are going to pick at 20, no one knows. That's the mystery, and in my opinion, the beauty of the NFL draft that so many people are trying to take that away. I just don't understand the fascination with the prediction stuff. Not my cup of tea. Might be yours, and that's fine, but still, the Steelers' draft plans, we don't know what they're going to do. You may think you do, but unless you're in those meetings, unless you're privy to that information, you don't know, and neither do I, and that's fine. Let's get to some random thoughts before we take a break here and have Michael Beck join me. OTAs are coming up, folks. I just want to throw this out there. We're going to organize team activities. are coming up. Phase one, typically just workouts. You're not going to hear much, but players will be in the facility. That's April 18th to the 29th. Phase two is when they can start some individual work, meaning they can work with coaches at that point. So, for instance, quarterbacks could work with Mike Sullivan. Wide receivers could work with... Frisman Jackson, who's the new wide receivers coach, they'll be able to get a, you know, they'll be able to work with him in that context. Phase three is when you have some seven on seven, nine on nine, 11 on 11 work. This all starts coming up next week. So get ready. We'll be talking about that more. Also, free agents. I, I was listening to the Steelers app the other day. My wife was out. She teaches fitness classes and I was cleaning up dishes and I just had the, the Steelers app and I was listening to some like, Gunner O, Mason Cole, James Daniels, some of these guys was listening to their interviews that were on the app. And I love that they these guys have something to prove. They found guys that were young. We're talking after their first NFL contracts uh, that want to prove something. I like that. There's just something about that I'm trying to prove myself and I want to have some staying power within this organization that I really, really like about this free agent group. And that's not unique to the Steelers free agents, but I think there's some value there for sure. And the last thing I want to say about these this random thought, can't forget this, and sometimes I do, but this is Kevin Colbert's last go-around with the NFL draft. I think that 
uh, Michael Beck wrote an article that kind of alluded to maybe Kevin Colbert's going to try to go out with a bang. I necessarily, I don't necessarily think that. I think that if anything, Kevin Colbert's going to want to set up the next guy, whoever that guy is, with a really bright future. Meaning, whether it's not, I'm not going to, he's not going to exhaust future draft capital. He's going to give them good players. He's going to have them set up. If they make a trade, maybe it'll be four future picks, something like that. I don't think that Colbert's going to go out with some grand finale outside of just maybe knocking seven picks out of the ballpark, which I hope happens, which I hope happens. All right, we're going to take a break. Blue Check Beck's going to join me here shortly. Make sure you stay tuned to the end to the heart with the heart to heart. Always as we finish that every Friday, we'll be right back after this break. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Friday. That means it's blue check back time. Michael Beck joins us as always for a regular Friday spot. Michael, what's going on? Oh, not too much. Just uh, enjoying that uh, we are now, what, less than two weeks to the NFL draft? It's almost over. <laughs> it, it, well, that that's a good question, and it is almost over. Is that the way you get towards the draft? Do you get to that point where you're thinking, holy cow, can we just get this event over with, or are you just, do you kind of like it? Honestly, it started probably the last couple of years. I'd say like I've always loved draft season, every sport. I, I love the draft. It's just so much fun. The one time of year, every team is making a ton of player acquisition and movement. But I would say it's just two weeks before the draft where it's just like, okay, I'm kind of sick of it now. Like the mock drafts, you've seen every name mock to the Steelers at some point. It's just like it's tedious now. Um, I, I'm just kind of over it and ready to get the picks to actually start coming off the board. So in that sense, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely excited for uh, this to come to an end. Well, I talked about a little bit in the first half of my show today is one of the things I used to love so much about the draft is that it was you never knew what was happening. And I remember when this started to change for me, I, it was the year that Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III, uh, they were drafted one and two overall. And I can't remember what year that was, but still, I was. I remember thinking, yeah, 2012. These picks were made, the, the, the first round of the draft is Thursday. They The Indianapolis Colts had already said, we're taking Andrew Luck on Tuesday. And then the Redskins at the time said, yeah, we're taking RG3 on Wednesday. And I'm thinking, this just ruined the beginning of the draft. We knew they were going anyways, but the excitement, the mystery of it. I just loved the fact that you never knew what was going to happen. The players that fall, the run on positions that you didn't expect. And that's how players like David DeCastro somehow find their way to the Steelers. But I feel like that's kind of gone away a little bit. I, I, I don't know why everyone is so obsessed with predicting this thing that is the NFL draft because there's so many variables that can change everything in, the, in one pick. But do you feel like there's something that's kind of missing from the draft or do you think this is just where the NFL wants it to go? I think it's probably where the NFL wants it to go because it just like hypes it up even more, gets like more eyes on it, more interactions, more tweets, more posts, more conversation. Like it's just that more, more, more thing, which eventually leads to buying merch and jerseys and all this stuff that the league wants you to do. So in that sense, I, I totally think this is what the NFL wants. I'm also someone that loves the mystery. And one of the things, uh, obviously, being a part of BTSC, um, we're we're dialed in on social media. It, like, for me before, it was really nice 
um, to just tune into the draft, put, flip your phone over and just wait till the Steelers pick and not know what's coming. And like I, I, for us, like being as dialed in as, as we are, we typically know what the Steelers are going to pick like, I don't know, four picks before yeah. when they start coming through all these insiders. So for me, that part's a little bit annoying. Like I, I wish the insiders didn't just be like, oh, and then the picks five picks from now has already been made and here are the next five picks. Uh, as you sit here and watch the TV and kind of hoping that maybe it doesn't go the way they they uh, they already know it to be. But yeah, no, like the, the mystery definitely makes the event better. But uh, we're definitely losing that now in the social media world. Yeah, and the NFL is probably doing their best. I know that they kind of sent out a warning to beat writers and to the teams and said like, hey, don't spoil the pick. Like, you got to wait until it's announced. But it still gets leaked every year for some reason. Someone gets a hold of it and says, up, oh, Steelers are taking so-and-so at 20. Let's talk about the Steelers in particular. They've been hosting a lot of quarterbacks. We all know that we we all believe that the two, if there's two solidified first round draft uh, first round quarterbacks, it's Kenny Bigot and Malik Willis. Yeah. If there's a third that you could see sneaking in, even if it's at the end at 32 or towards the tail end of the first round, which quarterback do you think would be that guy that could get another first round tag? At this point, um, I'm gonna have to go with my gut from this has been a calendar year now. Like I think it's Desmond Ritter. Um, his name has started to get really hot amongst NFL circles. Sure. That could be agent driven, but it, it does seem like he could be that number three guy. And who knows? It could be like a Daniel Jones thing a couple of years ago, where the guy that some people thought would end up maybe early second round, late first round. Yeah. All of a sudden they become the first quarterback taken because someone uh, liked the prospect more. So I, I think Ritter could totally be that guy. I want to talk about the guy that the Steelers hosted on Thursday. And that was Matt Corral of Ole Miss. What are your thoughts on him as a prospect? It's tough because what he, he did go through that knee injury, if I'm not mistaken, or ankle. Ankle so, in the bowl yeah. game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, like in that sense, it's tough. I've seen a lot of people say like his potential to be the best quarterback in this class. To me, when it comes to AFC North quarterbacks, really those like those Great Lake City teams um, all around that north uh, northeast. Man, you need someone that's bigger, that's built, someone that can survive those cold winters and taking a beating. Corral's a pretty small guy. Like, I'm not sure if he's any taller than six foot. He's slim. It's just one of those things. Like, you, we haven't seen a lot of success from guys that aren't built for the elements of that uh, those northeastern winters, and they fall apart as the year goes on. Just honestly, look at Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. He's a former league MVP, but he's not done anything uh, in the, the time of the year that it counts with some pretty good rosters still. So in that sense, I, I get a little hesitant when it comes to guys that a haven't played it in the environment or B aren't built for it. I, I think he could have a great career. If he ended up in a dome somewhere, he totally could be that guy, but going to Pittsburgh might be the kiss of death for someone that's not really has that size on him to survive the beatings that you're going to get playing in the AFC North. And then those frigid winters. Well, outside of the size, does he have the skill set? Does he have the arm talent? I know everyone raves about his release. And even when you watched him at his pro day, I mean, the ball gets out of his hand ridiculously quick. And it is on the receiver. I mean, he has an arm. He's got the arm. In my opinion, just from a layman's perspective, he has the arm talent. You think outside of the size, and yes, you're talking about the AFC North. We know that's all outdoor stadiums, et cetera. But do you think he has the skill to actually be successful in the NFL? I I think he does. And to to kind of how I ended that last question i think he needs that perfect fit though really all the quarterbacks in this class need a redshirt year uh, i i'd be shocked if anyone started week one of all these rookies if there wasn't an injury of some sort of magnitude so in that sense 
he he could be the guy. He totally could be the, end up being the best quarterback in this draft. But so could six or seven other guys. <laughs> That's yeah. one of the things with this class where it's so up in the air because everyone needs time to develop. And they all have different intangibles that they're better at. And like that release, yeah. You can't compete with that. Um, that's that's basically what you need <laughs> facing teams with the stellar pass rushes. So uh, maybe that's the route the Steelers want to look at. Um, <laughs> playing in this AFC North, uh, needing to get the ball out of their hands fast. Who knows? Maybe uh, Ben Roethlisberger doing that in the last couple of years might uh, turn them off from a, a very quick release. Um, but uh, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Well, let's draw a comparison to another quarterback that's entering the draft that I'm not too familiar with. I just don't have a lot of information on it, and that is Sam Howell of North Carolina. Yeah. Um, on paper, when you look at the size, they're very similar. I think Howell might be a little bit thicker. He might have a little bit more weight to him, but in terms of height, I don't think there's too much of a discrepancy. Most are considering them day two draft picks. What is the differing feature or trait from Howell to Corral? That's a really good question. Um, I, I think they do have a, a pretty different skill sets. I, I think Crowell's obviously more athletic. Uh, he has that release. I think Sam Howell, honestly, is more of that like natural leader. And I, I think that's one of the big reasons why North Carolina's had so much so much success with him under center. Like he doesn't have the, the giant arm. Like there's a few things that he is missing from his game, but you think about the the teams that he's found success with. Outside of what Javante Williams and uh, the other running back from last year that I'm now blanking on, uh, he hasn't had much talent on offense. So in that sense, I, I think he might have been able to do more with less. But uh, yeah, no, and especially uh, having Lane Kiffin as a head coach in Ole Miss, that's going to help. Um, but um, it, it's so tough to call which one will have a better career. Uh, I think uh, how's more of that Baker Mayfield type clone, which. Oh. Yeah. So if, <laughs> the kiss uh, of death, the kiss of death right there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, yeah, again, with all these prospects, if they go to the right system, ha- have a solid year of development, they could be something. It's just such a big what if that it's uh, it kind of makes you sick when your team needs a quarterback like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, it's, you're the Steelers. You have to pick one. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's either Corral or Hal. Who are you taking? Oof. For what I said earlier about that AFC North body, like winning games when it's cold out, that's when it matters. Uh, I, I think I'd go how I think the Steelers would probably go how over him too, a crowd rather, um, because they've showed so much interest in North Carolina. They've been there. They're there at training camp. They're there for a ton of games, uh, pro days, you name it. They were there for Sam Howell. I think they've showed more interest in him. So I think that's what they would do. And that's probably what I'd lean towards as well. All right. That's interesting stuff. And they still have Malik Willis reportedly coming in for a visit next week. Um, his hype train is just continues to steam on. I, th- I think if anything, you've seen Kenny Pickett's uh, stock drop a little bit the last few weeks. Don't again, we talked about this last week with the hype trains. It, it goes both ways. You know, you have the Desmond Ritters that are shooting up. Do you kind of get the feeling that Kenny Pickett's stock is sliding a little bit? I think it could be it, like what makes this tough is I think there's going to be a team that takes a quarterback early and I, I definitely could see it be Carolina. And then all of a sudden maybe the saints panic and they move up and then Kenny Pickett's also gone. And the Steelers are sitting there like, Oh, we really wanted a quarterback. And one of those two guys, now they're gone. And then hopefully they don't panic. But yeah, when it comes to hype trains, it definitely feels like there's less people talking about uh, Kenny Pickett for whatever reason. Everyone worries about the hand size and whatever. Like again, 
he played in an AFC North environment. He played in Pittsburgh. He knows what it's like. It, it's really not that big of a deal and probably something people wouldn't talk about if he had a 10-year career and he, he's a stud 10 years from now. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it definitely seems like he's getting talked about less and less. But to me, I wonder if that has more to do with how everyone's kind of turned all their attention to the pass rushers at the top end of the draft that are getting a ton of the coverage right now. I like that. That's some good thoughts there. I want to ask you about something that a lot of outlets do, and it's it's throughout the offseason. They do redrafts, basically go back and, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to say that this is going to take this guy or that guy at this round, whatever. If you could go back in 2021, would Najee Harris still be your pick? Oh, it's it's hard not to pick Najee Harris. Like He, he did such a good job in in what the Steelers asked of him. Of course, he didn't have a running back on roster. The, the only thing that uh, makes this tough is because how good Creed Humphrey was and then how bad Kendrick Green was. Um, if you make that Creed Humphrey pick in your first round, you have one of the better centers in football. Like The guy was an absolute stud for Kansas City. Uh, you could still make that Pat Fryermuth pick. Then you could go running back in the third round. Uh, I believe you probably could have got like a Javante Williams who had a pretty decent year for the Broncos. So, oh man, like is I really like Najee Harris. I think he's a solid running back. All along though, I've always been a guy that's like, nah, I avoid first round running backs. Uh, Creed Humphrey's probably the only guy that I really changed that pick for right now. But uh, I, I'm more than happy with having Najee Harris on this roster. Okay, I agree with that. Let's go to the second round, though, because you bring up Creed Humphrey. It was going to be my next question anyways. Creed Humphrey was on the board, and the Steelers took Pat Fryermuth. and I said this on Wednesday, and I brought it up even earlier in this this podcast when I was asked, is there a player that you were upset that the Steelers took but turned out to be really good? And I said, yeah, it was Pat Fryermuth. Last year, if you remember doing the reaction to that, I was pissed. I'm like, what the heck is this pick? We... The Creed Humphrey was, I already had his name in the article. Like I was already starting it and everything. And then they take Pat Fryermuth. I can't spell the guy's name to save my life at the time, <laughs> but still, would you go back? If you can go back in a time machine, do you take Creed Humphrey and leave Pat Fryermuth open on the market? It, it's such an important position. Just playing on that offensive line that it, it's, it's hard not to switch that pick. Like Pat Fryermuth is still a really dang good uh, consolation prize, and you re- you really weren't finding any better tight end um, in that draft outside of Cal Pitts, and even then, I think Pat Fryermuth still has the potential to have the better career. Um, so, sure, the Steelers, there's a chance they walked away from the draft with the best tight end in that draft class, but tight end still isn't as important as having a solid offensive line. So. Yeah, it is a little frustrating to not have that piece and then to see how bad the Steelers' offensive line was last year. But I am still really excited for Pat Fryermuth. I think if you redo it, yeah, you take the center. Um, but uh, I, again, much like the Najee Harris pick, I, I'm happy that Pat Fryermuth is on this team. And I, I think he makes them better. All right, last question before I let you go. It's kind of a prequel to my topic I'm going to talk and discuss on Monday. Do you still think you go back to even the young money crew and everyone labeled the Steelers as a wide receiver factory? They know how to draft receivers better than anyone. Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Wallace. Um, I could go on with Juju Smith Schuster, and we know the list goes on. Deontay Johnson, most recently. 
I'm not so sure that that stigma still remains. Do you think it still remains even after a swing and miss like James Washington, Chase Claypool, the verdict is still out. Do you still trust the Steelers to get a wide receiver in the draft that's going to come in and make an immediate impact right away? I would, um, especially considering the Steelers take typically take these receivers later in the draft. They, they find that intangible. That works. Um, Deontay Johnson, still, he was a part of that, what, 2018 draft class of receivers, or 2019, I think it was, um, that was absolutely insane with the depth, what, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, like all yeah. these guys that come out of that class, and he has more receptions than all of them, which is pretty wild to think of, that he is that good um, in comparison. Sure, he has some negative traits, but then again, you look at the Chase Claypool pick, there are worse wide receivers that went after him, and hey, if he could turn it around, if he had a good season this year, yeah, like it all instantly, like uh, th- those bad thoughts about Steelers drafting receivers are, are back to the, this team can't miss at the position. So I, I do think the Steelers are still a good team at drafting the position. They find that intangible. And the thing is, I also don't think James Washington was a bad receiver. I, I think for whatever reason, he just didn't get the opportunity. I think the guy could be absolutely solid for the Cowboys. So have to wait and see on on him, but as for your question, I think the Steelers absolutely do a fantastic job of scouting and drafting wide receivers, and when they inevitably take one or two, I'm still going to believe that those guys are going to be solid uh, professionals when they're on this team the next year. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to dive into the numbers on my Monday show, and I'm going to take a look at you know, the fact that there haven't been a lot of second contracts given out. I'm not counting Juju Smith-Schuster's one-year deal, by the way. Yeah. Um, so this, it's going to be an interesting take. You'll have to check it out on Monday. But, Michael, I'm going to give you a chance to talk to the Ride or Die crew like it always does. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, a couple weeks away from the draft, you know, I'm, I, I think we're all pretty excited for us to uh, finally get to the Steelers' pick. Um, as these uh, visits starts uh, winding up, uh, I think uh, a bit of a bigger picture is going to kind of unveil. Uh, we know how the Steelers like to draft, so that's going to be fun. Hopefully there's some more uh, free agent moves. Of course, uh, Thursday we saw uh, a few re-signings, so who knows, maybe there is an early second wave of free agency that the Steelers might get in on and change everything completely already. So, um, no, I'm just really excited for these next couple weeks to uh, come to a close, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, as always, thanks for having me on, Jeff. No problem, Michael. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, man. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, take it easy. A big thank you to Michael Beck, as always, for joining me as he does every Friday on this podcast. Uh, Really, you know, it's awesome that Michael takes the time. He's a really busy guy. He's uh, moving on with his life's work, so to speak, and and get taken on a new venture. So let's finish out this show as we always do on Friday, and that's with a heart-to-heart. I I thought about what I want to talk about in my heart-to-heart segment, and this was something that Kyle Kreiss, he put into our Slack channel the other day, and it was just, oh, I think it was a reporter in Florida, and this has to do with the Dwayne Haskins tragedy. And I'm not even going to say what the tweet said. It just basically was a speculative tweet about the situation. There was nothing concrete about it whatsoever. I want to remind everyone out there, don't fall or even trust the speculation in regards to this tragedy. The Florida Highway Patrol said that an an investigation typically takes around 90 days to conclude. And so let them, I'm just giving you some advice here. Let them do their job. Let them do their job. Don't go down a rabbit hole that could be what someone said or what they think or or what some trucker said. Literally just wait. Be patient. 
mourn, allow the people that are involved, that are closely connected to Dwayne Haskins to mourn. Don't fall into that trap. It is an easy trap to fall into because we all want answers, and I understand that. But the answers will come in time. In the meantime, be patient. Don't fall or trust that speculative stuff. It's just not good. It's just nothing good can come from it. Nothing good can come from it. All right, folks, if you are someone that believes in the holiday of Easter, I hope you have a great Easter coming up this Sunday. That does not stop me. I will still be back with you on Monday, so make sure you check out my Monday show with the the Monday morning conversation in its truest form. We'll be back. I'm really excited for this guest. Make sure you check out my show on Monday. As a reminder, wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. And lastly, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You know how we finished out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your weekend. Happy Easter. See you on Monday. Go Steelers.